The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright and Will Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> Hey, uh, listen, this is episode something of the Potterhood Podcast. We're, look, y'all, we done. We don't know how many episodes. Y'all, y'all know how many episodes, but we're here. That's what's important. So we're going to do this intro the right way. I damn near forgot my own intro. But welcome. here we go. Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Potterhood Podcast. I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posnan. And this is probably the most somber start that we'll ever have to the Potterhood Podcast. Just found out that Kobe Bryant died. Yeah, um, man. It's um, ten minutes ago. It's Sunday, January 26th, 2.52 p.m. And about 15 minutes ago, we got uh, the news that Kobe Bryant passed away, NBA player. And... um. Niggas is fucked up, man. It's like, terrible. like what? If, to those of you who don't know, I'm not the biggest sports fan, but Kobe Bryant was my favorite player in the NBA. He's the reason I was a Lakers yeah. fan. I didn't know shit about basketball, but I knew he was nice, and so I became a fan of him and Paul Gasol back when that team was yeah, a thing. That was a fun team. They had like seven countries represented, and yeah, and Paul Gasol was the only like. It felt like the We Are the World team, and then Kobe was American, and he was the best one on it. Hilarious. It was a pretty great team to watch. And the best thing about it was then, this might be a little, like, ridiculous, but I'm from Harlem, so I never really seen, like, white dudes that were really, really good at playing basketball outside of, like, movies and stuff like that. And, you know, the NBA is pretty much black-dominated on what you see in, like, the media, right? Video games, posters. So, Pal Gasol was one of the first white players that I seen growing up. I'm a 93 baby. That I seen really fucking killing it. Right? Yeah. So, Kobe, as Tim far as I was... Dirk, it must have been weird to see those hairstyles killing in the NBA. I didn't even know who Dirk was. I had to find <laughs> out who Dirk was. But Kobe, as far as we were concerned, was the best NBA player, period. Yeah. You know, we all knew about Michael Jordan, but I'm a 90s kid, so I didn't get to really grow up with peak Michael Jordan. So to lose Kobe Bryant is fucking, um, it's sad. So it's terrible. In, in, um, in the spirit of the Mamba himself, wave your wand for Kobe Bryant, man. You rest in peace, sir. So, Will, I know you fucked up. Will's big, big on sports. He even has another podcast that's yeah, based time. on sports called Hang Time. Um, buddy, who we sorting? Well, we're gonna. Honor Kobe by talking about uh, what he would have been like as, as a Quidditch player. Okay, gotcha. So in order to do that, should we sort Kobe? Have we sorted Kobe? I think we fucking sorted Kobe before. Have we? Well, if we haven't, I think if we, we did, I definitely said Ravenclaw. Okay. 
I would, but I can see the other elements for sure. Okay, so let's start there. Yeah, We're gonna okay. sort Kobe Bryant. Okay. So Max, yeah. I'll actually start with you on this. I would go. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> you got the mic working? Yeah, okay. I would go. I would go Gryffindor. I think yeah. I would put him in Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. I think he. Uh, to go in there and just be completely straight out of high school mm-hmm. and just be so headstrong, like, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be better than Jordan. Okay. I think, uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, a, nobody a, was doing a, that. I mean, him and Iverson were the a bravery only guys to that. Yeah. who believed that they could be better than Michael Jordan that mm-hmm. came out after him. I mean, Vince Carter, people were telling him he could. Grant Hill, people were telling him he could. And you could. You felt like they didn't believe it. Right. Iverson did, and nobody else did. Just Iverson was the only guy that believed he was going to be better than Jordan. Uh-huh. Um, and then Kobe was the one where it was like, is he? Like, this kid is working so hard. So It's literally like Harry to Voldemort almost. Yeah. <laughs> only because Michael Jordan is like a known industry villain. That's why I'm making him yeah. Voldemort in this case. No, for sure. It's it, No, Michael Jordan is Voldemort, and Kobe is Harry Potter, for sure. There you and, go. And, uh, yeah, Kobe, it was like, the thing about Kobe that was different was just that he believed that he could be better mm-hmm. and he was working harder and harder. And based on his trajectory, you're like, I think he might do it. I think he could get there. And uh, and Kobe felt like he was our age. That was the biggest thing. Like when you were 10 and watching Kobe, mm-hmm. even though he was like 19, 20, he felt like he was our age. And he was the first superstar who felt like he was our age. So now knowing that, would you still put him in Hufflepuff? Because that's no, 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 you said Ravenclaw. I'm sorry. Ravenclaw. Would you still put him in Ravenclaw? Because if he is like that, then I think that speaks to Max's case of him being more like a Gryffindor, considering we knew Harry. Well, the thing is, Kobe... Kind of like that. Kobe got there not because of talent, because he was incredibly talented, but guys like T-Mac were maybe more talented. Uh, Vince Carter... I mean, T-Mac was, I think, the most talented. Then Kobe, Vince Carter, Iverson were all in that same class, but Kobe realized that he could work harder... And he could train really efficiently and he could train for cardio and his cardio could be better than everybody's. Mm-hmm. And that's where he would have a huge advantage. OK, so now having said all that team player, I guess that it's more Ravenclaw than Gryffindor. OK, fine. But when it comes to the mind, because dude was impeccably smart, yeah. especially in his, his post career was the most interesting of any retired NBA player. He had the most interesting like retired career right right well he could have you know what i mean mean, Shaq probably is the most lucrative Mm -hmm. michael jordan has the most involved in the game of basketball but kobe is the most interesting and eclectic one fair so you still stick by what you said you're gonna put there's also the slytherin element because when he got Shaq out of there there was he was the that's what i'm saying scenario he was full slytherin and uh he knew the moment he had more leverage than Shaq, mm-hmm. the moment, because he knew he was younger than Shaq and he knew he was on the upswing and Shaq was plateauing at his absolute prime. Mm-hmm. And the moment he had more leverage, he demanded a trade. The right. moment. He didn't like Shaq had more leverage the whole time mm-hmm. that Kobe was really young. Mm-hmm. And he never demanded that Kobe be traded, even though they didn't get along. Mm-hmm. But the moment Kobe had more leverage, he demanded it. And then Kobe. Use his leverage perfectly again to make, basically make the NBA give him a team that he could compete with. And that team was so fun, so mm. nobody cared. It was kind of like when Ocean's, Elevens ha- Ocean's Eleven happened, where you're like, this many stars in one movie? This isn't going to work. 
But then the movie was fun, so people were like, okay, let's let it happen. Fair enough. So, having said that, you're going to sort Kobe into... Uh, Ravenclaw, even though he has a big Gryffindor and Slytherin component. Okay, so for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Max on this. I'm putting Kobe and Gryffindor in no contest. When you think about somebody that actively tried to surpass Michael Jordan, which is a feat within just within itself, like it's crazy to even think about. Then you think this motherfucker went toe to toe with Shaq, not like head up. I don't think did they fight. Uh, like fist yeah, fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gryffindor for me, bro. <laughs> no, I know. Kobe knew he was going to get whooped, but he didn't give a fuck. So, Kobe, wherever, wherever well, you... Well, I got one other thing for Kobe, though. Uh-huh. He did. He went uh, to a large part of his schooling he did in Italy, mm-hmm. and like 8th through 11th grade, then he, then he did 12th grade in Philly, like mm-hmm. right outside of Philly in Bryn Mawr. And so there is a Durham-Strang element to this. And okay. he is very similar to Victor Crumb in a lot of ways. And Victor Crumb does join the Order of the Phoenix. Ah. And I would say that that is a, that is a parallel that you can draw. And they're both 18-year-old child superstars who are in a, still in a shadow because they've never won the Quidditch World Cup. How unreasonable is that to expect of Victor Crumb? That he's never won the Quidditch World Cup and people are mad at him. And it's like, dude, he's the best player in the world. He's a seeker. The team is down by... 250 in 10 minutes mm. to Ireland. It's kind of ridiculous. It's insane that the world is mad at Victor Crumb. People like Ronald go, he's never won the Quidditch World Cup. Yeah, there's a million countries. Right, right. It's kind of hard to be everybody in the world, but he's still the best <laughs> in the game. He's by far the best for like 12 years in a row. And he ends up winning the Quidditch World Cup in uh, in her book of Quidditch, History of Quidditch. Oh, nice. Yeah. Got you. When I never like read History of Quidditch. Damn, so he yeah. stayed the best player for that long. And he never won it. And then finally, his like one of his last years, when he was going to retire in a year or two, mm. he wins it. So I don't know what we would call that. I know there's a term that the sorting hat has when it can't really play something. It's and not but- like Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki had that kind of career. Yeah. When he was the best player in the world, he never won the championship. And he wasn't really the best because Kobe was better than him mm-hmm. and Tim Duncan and Shaq. But when he was right up there at his absolute prime, never won it. And then at the end of his career, mm-hmm. he finally won it when he wasn't as good as the years when he didn't win it. Got you. So now, having said that, I need to find a term that the sorting hat has when it can't really place somebody. It had it with McGonagall. Um, the opinions yeah. here are fucking crazy. There's arguments to be made that he came from Durmstrang. Arguments made that he would be a Ravenclaw. Arguments that he would be Gryffindor. So... Whatever that term is, Max will find out, and I'll give it to you by the end of the podcast, hopefully. But Kobe Bryant for me, Gryffindor for Will, Ravenclaw for Max, Gryffindor. But we acknowledge that he has characteristics that could put him in other houses. All right, man. Next thing. Next thing. It's another Quidditch thing. Uh, Do you think that McGonagall was good at Quidditch? I mean, considering how, and I'm going off of the movie portrayal of McGonagall. Yes. Considering how she found Harry and how her instinct was immediate, she saw him riding the broom and yeah. said, I, kn- I can see there's talent there. Now, of course, somebody could just say, like, well, she was also a teacher at Hogwarts for a very long time. She probably knew James, so probably figured that Harry would have the talent for it anyway. Then seeing them and just reinforce that, that could be true. But I think that McGonagall played well 
so she could recognize other people that play well. Also, she's athletic dueler, so probably still limber in her older age. Mm -hmm. So maybe good at Quidditch. I wonder. I wonder if she was because you asked, was she good at Quidditch? Do you mean older McGonagall? Because that that would be interesting. When she was young, I'm sure she was good, but I wonder how older McGonagall was. uh, J.K. Rowling's never really released is just the age range of Quidditch. Like, Mm -hmm. what is? Can you be good at? Is it like golf that you can still compete at, or hockey? Like, there's 50 year olds that play professional hockey, right? But basketball, you're really not going to be in the NBA after like 37. Right. So yeah, that is that is interesting because you think about this too. One one other thing we didn't really see is what brooms every like teacher had or every older wizard. Like we never even seen them ride their broom. Never yeah. seen Dumbledore ride a broom. Never seen McGonagall ride a broom. So I wonder. If, like, do you keep a broom regardless, or do only the Quidditch players get to keep brooms after a certain year? Because not a lot of them use the brooms. We've seen Order of the Phoenix, but they were special. They're like a fucking, you know, they're like spies. So does everybody in the Wizarding World have a broom? Or is it like, you know, us in cars, where some people choose to ride a car, some people choose to ride a bike? Yeah, I don't. It doesn't seem like everyone has a uh, a broom. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Arthur has a broom. He has his flying car, though. He has the flying car, right? Uh, shit. Be, it would be crazy not to have a broom. I would be mad at my family if they weren't broom travelers. <laughs> if you if you're not a broom traveler in the Wizarding World, and you're not even using port keys, and you're mm-hmm. just going like through tubes and passageways. Dude, I would hate that. That was the one thing as a wizard. I never wanted to travel through a toilet or anything like that. Like yeah. that'd be an issue for me. Don't but don't you think there might be some people that feel that that's like a little too like it's too stereotypical to ride a broom? You know how like how yeah. people are now, they get caught up in bullshit. I would love to see like that super woke wizard that was just like around and when motherfuckers start riding broom, says, no, that fits right into the stereotype of what muggles think of yeah, us. Yeah, it's like motorcyclists or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a low class thing. He's on his broom. I never but I never I never like knew thing. I never knew there to be an age limit for something like Quidditch. Right? I mean, if brooms are like cars, the difference is that they're great for the environment. There's no <laughs> pollution from brooms. Fair enough. But I'm also afraid of heights, so if it was up to uh, me, I wouldn't be able to do it anyway. That'd be an issue. You'd probably apparate everywhere. I'd have to. There would be no other choice. Dude, anytime they entered a room through a toilet in the ministry, mm-hmm. I, I would go in my mind, why can't they just apparate from the first place to the second place? Why are they going through yeah, the Yeah, why are you toilet? going through the toilets? <laughs> Spe- oh, this is something that I thought of. If you had to play Quidditch, what would be the, your um, position on the team? Because okay. for me, it would be a beater. You'd be a beater. Yeah, I'd want to hit something and then maybe hit other people. I'd either be a beater or a chaser. I do like with chasers, like the interpersonal aspect. Yeah? Yeah, I like that. I couldn't be whatever you call the goalkeeper for Quidditch. I couldn't be that I shit. I couldn't be that. I, I, don't have the, I don't have the mental... That's um, the hardest position. Why did Ron want to be that? It's probably, to, probably to prove how tough he was. You got to remember, bro, we talking about somebody that was always like overcast. Ron should have been a beater. And he thought he should be a, a keeper. I don't. I don't know, man. Sometimes he you would have been a good chaser. He probably would have, but should have been a chaser. But you got to remember who Ron is. Ron was getting overshadowed at home, right? He needed some attention. Now, if you're the goalkeeper and you keeping good teams from beating your team, it makes you very, very important. Yes. It gives you status. And Harry was already a um, seeker. Yeah. So 
Ferran, it probably made more sense just to stand out and be his own guy to be a um, keeper. Yeah. I Ooh. think G- only Ginny thought Ginny should be a seeker. Was she was she good? No, she should have stayed a chaser. She's a great chaser, and she would have been a phenomenal chaser. But in her mind, she thinks she has to be a seeker. Fair. She's kind of a control freak. How far did um? Yeah, especially if you watch uh, Curse Child. That they should be those two positions. Like that's such a lofty self image. Be like either chaser, either lead chaser or seeker for me. Well, that's how you know she got a whole lot of love and support growing up. And she wrote about Quidditch. Well, she should have been playing Quidditch. Like she I didn't know she her. wrote about Quidditch. What did I miss? Uh, yeah, in the book of Quidditch, it's she's like a reporter. Oh, and it's, she should have been like she should have been a pro Quidditch player, and so should Harry. Harry shouldn't have been an Auror. He should have just been a pro Quidditch player. That actually would have made a very nice ending for Harry because it's almost just like happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He already beat yeah. Voldemort. He captured a lot of Dark Wizards at a young age. Harry's like Beowulf, man. Like, he just <laughs> needs to keep fighting, on, like Jon Snow, until the yeah. day he dies. He needs to just go play Quidditch. This ha- can be good. Well, if ha- Harry Potter, if you're listening, just go play Quidditch. Because Daniel Radcliffe, that's basically what he did. You yes. know what I mean? After, yeah. after the success of Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe just went on and said, look, I'm doing everything that I want to do. Yeah. It's not, he's not taking himself too seriously. Fucking Rupert Grint, too. Yeah. Like, if you notice, did you notice that, Max? Like, after Harry Potter was over, Daniel Radcliffe's career just got, and it's still a great career, but the role seemed whimsical. Like, a good whimsical. Yeah, I feel like he did a really good job of just doing weird, yeah, really weird roles, just right. to not get typecast as anything. I feel Emma like he Watson went real. Great. He went real artsy. A hundred percent. Emma Watson was great in Little Women. Yeah, but then I think she was in Cats or something, and that was supposed to be really bad. But Beauty and the Beast, I think. Beauty she's... and the Beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a British uh, show called uh, like Come Fly with Me. Mm-hmm. It's like a sketch show that all takes place in an airport. Mm-hmm. And then the pilot, the entire time, the guys are just two people are like, "Oh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe's gonna be here. Daniel Radcliffe's gonna be here." <laughs> and they're really excited. And then at the end, it's Rupert Grint. Yeah, <laughs> Rupert Grint playing himself, and they yeah. just start asking about um Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> oh, that's and he's hilarious. Just like, just is like. He's like, get away. I so gotta funny. see that. What's the name of that? So it's called funny. like Come Fly With Me. I be- I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Oh, I'm going to find it. Come Fly With Me. Yep, yes. that's going to be my homework before I get to brunch. Who do you think's done the best post-career of those three? Oh, of Harry, of Emma, Rupert, and um, Daniel? Yeah. I would say... Daniel did a bunch of Broadway stuff. You know what? Honestly, okay, if we talk about best career... I, I guess, uh, I mean, Daniel's working. Daniel's doing something. Daniel's cool working. Stuff. I also, always Draco, see Daniel working. Loki, Draco, how's he doing? Dr- Drake, Draco just seemed like he getting getting fucked up <laughs> and, and fucking bitches. That's what it seems. Draco well, you needs know, to play uh, straight up Robert evil Pattinson. character. Robert oh. Pattinson. Twilight, then Twilight, Batman. yeah. yeah. And Batman. He's, uh, He's Batman now. Oh, oh yeah. He, he, he won. That. Awesome. He, ah, that's so lame that it's. I like Robert Pattinson, but it's lame that it's the Cedric. And character he was just in the what the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. It should be the Ron character. Well, I'm well, for Rupert Grint. I like hey, all of them though. Hey man, they're all doing great. But I was gonna say because you said the best career, and I guess it's all in how you define career. Because if you ask me, who has the best life seemingly? Is Rupert Grint? Because yeah. he seems like he's happy enough. He seems like he's just doing what he wants to do. <laughs> And he seems free. And it, it, the only sad part is, like, everybody will stop him and ask him about Ed Sheeran. But 
Yeah. You know? well, I think that also, <laughs> when you're asking that, there's two parts to it. Because you could also say who had the best career before Harry Potter. Because they have heavy mm. hitters. They have... Um, True. They have... Uh, Dang, Maggie else? Smith. Yeah, Maggie Smith is huge. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is huge. Yeah. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Uh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's Even like the lady that played Dolores Umbridge is like a great British character actress. Peter Pettigrew's uh, it's character. It's weird to see Umbridge in other things when she's just like a really sweet person. Who's like, the weirdest yeah. for, for you of those to see in other things? Oh, Daniel. Easily. Yeah. Daniel. Me. Every time I see Daniel, I just think of when Voldemort put his finger on the scar. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's almost agonizing for me. I can't see him for in there. For me, it's Mr. Dursley. When I see Mr. Dursley and other things, and he's playing like a nice guy or something. Is he fat? He's so fat, and he's such a good actor. He's yeah. such a good actor, but it's just weird to me. I just remember him as Mr. Dursley. I believe he's highly credited, too, especially on um that side of the world. Like He's yeah. a really like, he's like a really well-respected Shakespeare, Shakespearean actor. Yes. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> seeing McGonagall in anything else is always different for me. Especially like shit when she was younger. Yeah. I seen something and her um it was her face and then her um name came over it, but she was really young. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, that's not Professor McGonagall. Sure enough, that was her in her like thirties, I wanna say. That's crazy. Insanity. Yo. <laughs> What's the next segment? Um let's uh let's do a duel or die. Okay, duel or die, who you got this week? Um Let's go with uh, Luna. Luna, love good. Or um, hmm. who's like a contemporary of hers? I was going to say somebody like Neville. Neville? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Neville yeah. or Draco? Oh, Neville or, or Draco. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, and let's do Neville or Draco and also Luna or, Dr or Draco. Okay. Of those three, who would be the highest? Of those three. It depends on what we're talking about. So I think if it was, if it was all out... All context aside, I think for me, Luna has the most diversity. I would think. I would think. Because it's not like we got to see Luna duel a lot in the movies or in the books, but just knowing the person, if her style is anything like she is, I think she'd be the most dangerous. Because I think knowing her, like the other two do, they wouldn't know what to expect. Like it's almost a, it's almost a handicap when you think somebody's crazier than they are because you're more afraid of them. So she could so much as like flinch at them and they might buckle a little bit. So I think if it was up to me, I'd say it'd be Luna first, then Draco, because Draco's quicker to the kill. Luna might kill you in some real avant-garde weird way. <laughs> yeah, she like drop some shit, watch, like dude. a chandelier fall on you. <laughs> but Draco is going to try to get you out of there. Because yeah. he's not going to have the time or the sympathy. If Luna he really know. would. That's the exact creativity that she would have. She would cut down a chandelier and it would fall on top of you, arresting you. Right. Exactly. Rather than actually like kill you with a killing curse. I, I don't even think she'd be able to conjure a killing curse. I think Imperius would be more her thing. Yeah. It would definitely be Imperius for Draco. It would be um, also the Imperius curse. You know what it would be for Neville. Oh, yeah. Crucio. Cru yeah, Crucio. For sure. He is Crucioing the... Uh, Belichick's Lestrange, if he has the opportunity. Oh, if he to. has the opportunity, yeah, no he doubt. He's going to crucio her. You know what? In, in a darker. And then Avada Kedavra her. In a darker version of Harry Potter, I wouldn't have minded something like that. Neville will grow up to be John Wick in a darker version of Harry Bro, Potter. Bro, 
a Neville could have had a whole series based on himself if he if like if Harry but Potter. But Neville plays her, does herbology. Neville goes the other way after the war. No, but this is what I'm saying. Harry Will. goes to the darkness <laughs> of being a cop when he should just play Quidditch. He should play Quidditch. But what I'm saying to you is, let's imagine a darker Harry Potter world, like Batman the animated series kind of world. Yeah. For Neville. That's what it would look like. And I would I would love to see I'd even love to read a fan fiction. If there is any if there is one, let me know on Instagram. Where Neville gets the chance to like walk in a room, they arrest Bellatrix, she doesn't get killed. Neville's grown now, and he gets the chance to do what we just said. Torture her the way she tortured his parents. And would he do it or would he not? Yeah. I'd love to see something like that. I don't know if there's any fan here that listens to the Potterhood that yeah, no. can um, put that together, but if you could, do it and send yeah. it to me. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I think he would torture them. Oh, don't 100%. Don't you think so? You think in a darker world, I think he would snap and go to complete opposite I think opposite even way. in J.K. Rowling's world. I think if it was, I mean, it's a war, but I think if he had the opportunity to, I think he tortures them. Fair enough. So, and I'm putting him under Draco only because I feel like Neville, you got to get Neville there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you really got to piss him off, insult him, insult his parents and stuff like that before he really goes for it. And I don't think the other two, Draco and um, Luna, would hesitate. So yeah. for that reason, for me and a duel to die, out of the three, it would go Luna Lovegood, Draco Malfoy, and Neville Longbottom. How would you put him? I think I'm doing the same thing. I would say that immediately at the Battle of Hogwarts, I think I'm in the same order. But I think that if you got, went 20 years down the road, then I think that Luna would – I think Draco becomes – no, I, I would go Luna, Neville, then Draco. I think – and maybe even Neville, Luna, then Draco. I think it almost flips because – uh, I just think that Neville would be the most vigilant about training and moving forward with mm -hmm. dueling, even in a in a peaceful, even during peaceful times. So you would say, like right now, as they're adults after the war and all that, do you think Neville's like the most powerful? You think he kept up? I think he kept up, kept training, studying defense against the dark arts. I think mm. he's probably like Professor Flitwick, where once the battle happens, you find out this guy's amazing at dueling. Like this guy can take anybody. See, and that and that's. That's the like sequel. Kingsley. That's the sequel I want. You know what I mean? What? Just a movie about Professor Flitwick just following him no. during the Wizarding Wars? That'd be awesome, actually. Just a character study. Well, kind of, but see, I With want like Daniel Day Lewis playing <laughs> Professor Flitwick. Yes, maybe. But I'm thinking more so, like you just mentioned, Neville getting older and the kids don't know he can like do anything until something happens. Yeah. Something should happen. Like the cast grows up and there's another bad wizard. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That maybe comes from another country. You know what I'm saying? And that's invading fucking England and what gets if the it's Death even, Eaters back. What if what about this? Hmm. What if the cast grows up and they go, Oh, there's corruption in the Ministry of Magic. Mm -hmm. We need to do like a vigilante news organization type thing. Mm -hmm. Like, we need to investigate internally. Yeah, 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 It's not even a foreign enemy or a bad wizard. It's mm -hmm. internal. It's Dolores Umbridge is now the Minister of Magic. Right. What if that's the issue? Fair enough. It's internal and it's systemic. 
Fair. I'm fine with that. As long as they get to see Neville be a badass, that would be that would be the sequels I would want. And Neville's a badass, like he's like a badass reporter investigator. He's like it's like true detective. You know, you know what? Let, let, let us be quiet and write this. This is let's go write this. Pretty cool. Yeah, let's go write this. All right. I think okay. I think we can rap. Who's the um last person you want to sort today, man? Man, in honor of Kobe, let's just say Kobe. Okay. It's just Kobe. Oh, okay. So sad. Is it true? We know for sure that we it's true. We know for sure now. Yeah, everyone's reporting it. Oh, Los Angeles Times, fuck. everyone. Okay. So, having said that, we won't even sort. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Potterhood Podcast. I'm Nico White. I'm Opoznan. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Again, this is a bit of a somber episode because we lost um Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. But to those of you that are listening, we appreciate you for listening this far. Um, You can follow Will on Instagram at, at Will Posnan. And you can find me at Nico White 93 That's N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E-9-3. Max, where can they find you? You can find me at Max Marcus Comedy on and, all social media. And, and where's that show that you have? Yes, I have um a monthly show at Pianos on the Lower East Side on Ludlow, second Tuesday <laughs> of the month. There you go. Also, you guys should come check out Roast Battle at New York Comedy Club every other Thursday. I host that. Um, you can get tickets for that at NewYorkComedyClub.com. And, ladies and gentlemen, we're out. Go watch Kobe's old games. <laughs>